I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, and welcome to the Untitled Film Podcast with Colum and Johnny. It just sounds like you're having a stroke now. <laughs> I think we've broken uh, him. It's too early for, for you to be this broken. What, too early in the podcast? Too early in the day? Take your pick, I guess. Uh, too early in life? Oh, well, I think we're getting a bit philosophical now. <laughs> So if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes a sound, definitely. Yes, yes it does. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm Johnny. And I'm Callum. And welcome. Welcome indeed. Yeah. <laughs> a plus intro, I think. You know, I think this is going well. Top tier. Top, top tier, tier, yeah. One of um, our best, and if you want to see more A plus content from us, that's not just this podcast. Where would you go? Go to Untitled Film Podcast on both Facebook and on Instagram, and we also got YouTube. Currently, we don't have Threads because we're not a fan of Mark Zuckerberg. Actually, Threads is already apparently losing losing is it readers. Bleeding. So I feel the fact we haven't got Twitter, we're not getting Threads. Are we? Yeah, I mean, honest. if we weren't going to get <laughs> Threads, or if we weren't going to get Twitter, we weren't going to go for Threads no. either. And uh, it's there where we ask tip top questions. And please answer them because we want more than just the bots going promoted on reality records. And we asked a top tier question today and or this week, and that was, what is your favorite stunt that is crucially not performed by or featuring in a film with Tom Cruise? Um, just to use my choice and give Johnny a little bit of time to think. I was re-watching the chariot race from Ben Hur, and while it seems quite quaint today you gotta remember that all of this was done in camera so those horses and no flailing woods and those prop chariots were really mashing together and when you look at it back it looks fucking mental 
you know, just to know that the stuntmen are this close to being trampled, it really is quite mad. But what about you? Do you have a... I just think all of Mad Max Fury Road. It's a good choice. Um, There's some fucking amazing stunts in that and people hanging off of... Hanging off of things, and flying and, and flying and spinning around, and one of my favourite shots is in the trailer when he's on one of the poles that goes back and forth. Yeah, that's and a he great turns map. around just to observe the carnage as it's going on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I really hope that they make the second yes, slash the, the prequel one thing. And, yeah. Yes, with Annie Taylor Joy. They keep saying saying they're making it, and then it never seems to get made. I wouldn't be surprised if it's. Um, and went off into uh, development hell and yeah. sort of never re-emerged. I think this was a reason it might have been COVID, and I feel like it is going to come back. I mean, if, if Tron... If Tron can come, can come back, back yeah. <laughs> from somewhere. But you be careful what you wish for, otherwise Jared Leto, Leto will show up like a, <sighs> like a cursed genie. Or the director will go and make a, a prequel to a movie that doesn't need a prequel like Wonka. Well, quite, yeah. Or yeah. maybe even Mad Max, we, you know, might, the trailer might come up and we might go, what the hell is this? Mm, but, yeah. you know, we'll give it its chance. It hasn't had a trailer out, hasn't come out yet, hasn't even filmed yet. So it could be absolutely amazing. I'm judging it hard. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, on from that, some things have happened in the world this week. And we, every week, like to pick a couple of them to talk about. What is your first one you've picked to talk about this week? Both my news pieces are animation related because we're reviewing animated films today. Uh, and I see a cheeky j- grin from Johnny. I'm so slightly it's concerned possible we've trampled. an animated film, but, but we'll, we'll see. see. Um, so firstly, this is more niche. Is that the first teaser trailer for The Peasants has come out from the Oscar winning, uh, sorry, Oscar nominated filmmaking duo that did Loving Vincent. Do you remember Loving Vincent? Faintly, yeah. There's a film about uh, Vincent van Gogh. And it was rotoscoped and it was done in oil painting style. And uh, this is done in the same style, it's oil painted, and it's based on a book. Um, Apparently it's, uh, The Peasants is based on the Nobel Prize winning novel by Vladislav Raymond. I haven't heard of it, but it's, you know, very very prestigious. And the filmmaker's names are D.K. Welchman and Hugh Welchman. And uh, I watched the trailer, it's a Polish film, Um, they're a Polish uh, pair. And it looks like a very prestigious, you know, and it looks very beautiful as well. That that oil painting style really does look quite cool in motion. Nice. Interesting. Let's see if you've um, I, pinched mine. So I um, also thought I would do one of my pieces of news this week as animation. Um, and there has been a trailer for The Monkey King. Oh, good. has come out. It's not in pieces. Yeah, it's no, it's not. Um, so the Monkey King is based on Chinese folklore um, from those that were watching TV late at night in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Might remember a show called Monkey Magic, which was like a martial arts, Chinese martial arts show. Vaguely. It was kind of in the dead of night in the UK. Um, and then also uh, those of you that might remember for the 2008 Chinese World, World Cup uh, Olympic coverage, um, Jamie Howitt and uh, Damon Alban did a musical piece and a piece yes. about the, the legend of Monkey. And then that was turned or partially turned and expanded into an opera. They did an opera, which is excellent. Um, yeah. So anyway, this is this has been told many, many times through different lenses, um, obviously predominantly Chinese lenses. And yeah, it's it'll got a lot of Asian-American slash Chinese-American actors in it. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang leads as Monkey. 
um, who I always really like, but it's got B- likes of B.D. Wong, um, yeah, and Bowen Yang, and lots, just a huge amount of people, really. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Stephanie Hugh. So Hugh, is it Hugh? Um, from from uh, Everything Everywhere yeah, at Once. Yeah. I think it's Hugh, yes, I think. Um, anyway, yes, massive cast. So, yeah, that looks very exciting. It's coming to Netflix in August. An animation they haven't cancelled. <laughs> and hopefully uh, audiences will forgive us for... Uh, potentially butchering any either Polish or Chinese names. Um, we may have mispronounced a few, but, you know, we try our best. Um, so my next piece of news is about Hayao Miyazaki and reportedly his final film. We talked about it briefly. He's only had three of three, so three final films, but it's just been released in Japan to uh, box office breaking numbers. It's um, topped his the, stu- the studio's second uh, uh, last uh, biggest opening weekend which was house moving castle uh i can't remember what it was in yen but it was about 14 million dollars in u.s numbers and um critics are falling over themselves to say it's lovely it's called uh the boy and the heron and what's interesting is that they didn't release a trailer because you would have thought that if a trailer was released even in japanese it would have we would have seen it mm. but um they wanted to do it old school so they released a title a poster about a month ago and then literally nothing else and basically said, show up. Right. Yeah, but it worked. It's got their biggest uh, hit. The reviews maybe aren't the best ever. Uh, some people are saying that the story is like, you know, Hayao Miyazaki has trodden this ground before. Uh, I haven't read anything with spoilers. So I'm not really sure what it's about yet, but I imagine there's a flying sequence. I imagine there's uh, some very um, picturesque scenes of Japanese um, woodlands and the wilderness. It's probably about environmental themes, I'm guessing. Uh, but people are saying it, it might not be his absolute best, but it's if if this is the one he goes out on, it's a, not a bad one to do so. So looking forward to that. Excellent. Yeah. Good news. Um, my second piece of news is another trailer this week has come out for The Creator. Have you seen this? I have not. John David Washington, um, Garth Edwards movie. Garth Edwards of Rogue One fame. Oh, cool. Um, and he is, look, the trailer looks excellent. It little bit, the start is a little bit, um, how should I say, Terminator ripoff. Okay. So LA, AI becomes sentient and <laughs> blow a nuclear bomb off in LA. But after then, it goes in very much its, its own direction. Um, it kind of gave me like Chappie vibes from the trailer. I'm just going to put it Okay, out yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of Chappie and I'm a big fan of Charlotte Copley. And that was the yeah, one I mean, where you're I went, wrong. Yeah, it's I know, the, apparently. It's like one of my favourite ones of... That's funny. Of, I, I thought it was their weakest. Of Neil Blomkamp. Well, stuff. the weakest of the three ones that he made with the studio, because he made, then made a really terrible, basically straight-to-DVD film about four years after I mean, Chappie. <laughs> I personally think District 9 is the best, but I don't think much of that one that you... Yeah, I think Elysium is solid, but... Mm. Nothing more than solid. I like Chappie. Anyway, well, yeah, anyway, it, it gives me Chappie. But we're not reviewing okay. Chappie right yes. now. Yes. It gives me kind of Chappie vibes, but it looks again. It kind of gives that. Apparently, it only has about an eighty million dollar budget, but it's got that very Neil Bloomkamp thing of oh, that only costs eighty million dollars. That surely that costs like two hundred. Like it's got that kind of vibe about it as well. Um, but no, really like the look of it. So very exciting. Yeah, that is, and it's good to see John David Washington back in things after Tenet. Yes. Um, yeah. I think Gareth Edwards, I, I still think that his best film is Monsters, which was his mm. debut. And I'd like to see him do something 
like that because I think his time in Hollywood he had okay results. Like Godzilla's okay and uh, Rogue One. Everyone else says it's the best of the new Star Wars films. I don't think that uh, it's oh, okay. I agree with everyone. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I would like to see him do. It sounds like this has a um, tighter budget, and I think that could be something that uh, provides some more interesting results. Excellent. On to. The meat and potatoes of the podcast. Oh, meat and potatoes. So we've already mentioned that it's a very animated episode. Aye. Uh, what are the films that we'll be reviewing today, Callum? Don't say the wrong title. Don't say the wrong title. It's The first one is Namona, which just came out on Netflix. It's an Annapurna uh, co-production. And we're going to... Not pe- the restaurant. No. Um, not the restaurant. And in fact, I may be even mixed up that restaurant with the production title, which has a similar title to something like Annapurna. It might not be Annapurna. Um, I think it is because I was uh, questioning myself. I was like, is yeah. it Annapurna or is it Annapura? But I think it is actually Annapurna because it has a, the, the logo the, is a mountain. The, either mountain and turns into an A. And Annapurna is a region in yes. Nepal, mountainous region. So. Um, just so you know. Just so you know. And also, we're going to be pairing it with uh, The Iron Giant, the classic from 1999, uh, Warner Brothers Is that feature. Is to be a classic? I'd say that's more 20th, than 20 years. You know, I think for us, it's a classic in right, our yeah, life. But by our definition, it's By classic. our definition. And it's a Brad Bird film before his uh, tenure with Pixar. So uh, should we kick off with Nimona? Nimona? Not See, uh, for some reason, I keep mixing up with Menora, which is the um, Jewish candles. And I've been saying, don't say Menorah, uh, don't say Menorah, don't say Menorah. Um, should we kick off with that? Go on then. Okay. Uh, so it's about a knight in a futuristic sort of city. So it mixes fantasy and science fiction. So it has knights and uh, queens and bloodlines, but it's set in a more futuristic sort of um, space future retro sort of thing. So it starts with a knight. He's working class. Usually knights are picked from a special bloodline. But this guy, he's really nervous because he's going up and he's like the first of the commoners to become a knight. And just as he's about to complete the ceremony to become a knight, a laser comes out of his sword, killing the queen, who's just about to perform the ceremony. And he's very quickly, he's aware that he's been set up and he gets tossed into jail. And the person that gets him out, springs him, is this person um, who is the titular character of Nimona, a shapeshifter. Uh, occasionally, they're a girl. But whenever pressed, like, uh, can you not just be a girl? You're annoying me. Um, she, sorry, they shift into kind of any sort of animal, but also a boy and also a monster. And it turns out that maybe they're budding friendship as they go on this journey to free his name. It might be a little bit fraught because they might be keeping something back about their past, which actually could be pressing their possibly not heroic status um not spoiling the ending so johnny what did you think of not menorah nimona it was all right <laughs> never gets old um i really really liked it yeah it was a film i've seen there's been a lot of talk about it on twitter oh, i follow quite a lot of animation people animating people on twitter and they've been talking about it for quite a while uh, obviously very kind of under the radar. I believe it is based on a graphic novel or it a comic. It is. I'm just getting up the um, name of the author. And apparently it does it justice, which is always a, a good place to start. Um, but obviously I haven't read it myself. I uh, really love the voice cast. I thought they all did a really good job. Riz Ahmed was excellent. And uh, so is Chloe... Chloe Grace Moretz. Grace Moretz. 
And uh, yeah, it was just the whole cast were really good. RuPaul with quite a small role was quite. I've been quite enjoying RuPaul's voice acting of late. Um, oh, I'm Beck Bennett, uh, who I really fucking loves voice acting. He, he he played one of the robots in Mitchell's versus the Machine as well. Oh yes, he I does. Thought I recognised him. He does this really good. He does quite a few quite a few SNL sketches as well. Does this really good kind of thing where he. Is just the zero self awareness, and I just find that really hilarious. Um, and yeah, so I really like him. Um, the animating obviously, it didn't have a huge budget, I assume, but the animation sequences were impeccably done, they were really smart, they used their budget well. I really like the character design, um, I really like the character growth, I like the politics of it, um, as I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more in detail in a minute. Um, yeah, there wasn't much I didn't like about it. I, I if I could if i had a couple of criticisms I, it almost did kind of start to end in a bit of a sky go towards a sky beam oh yes the infamous sky beams so it, for those who don't know that sky beams referred to especially around the marvel. early 2010s late 2000s a lot of movies uh, especially marvel movies would have a, a sky beam where the bit the baddie would shoot a big laser into the sky or a laser coming from the sky that's about to destroy the and earth and everyone has to get towards the laser to turn it off to turn it off or do a thing and yeah there is a it is a bit sky beamy it's not without actually being a sky beam it's kind of it's like sky beam proxy and i kind of think that the pacing with some of the way that some of the flashback scenes and things are inserted are not amazing but other than that, I really liked it. Oh, I also really enjoyed the soundtrack. There was a couple of... Uh, there was a really good use of the Banana Splits theme tune. Yes. Um, really w- well used. Um, and it, it uses a bit of a callback as well. Um, and I also really enjoyed the use of Metric. I always enjoy Metric being a movie. Metric and the, back the final Pilgrim. track is um, K-Flay. Yeah, excellent as well. The Metric one, I think, is an old is an old song, but I think the K-Flay song was written That's before the new, movie. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was so overall really, really liked it with a bar of a couple of criticisms. Yeah, yourself? bar a, credit, a couple of criticisms uh, just to get those out of the way. It might even be a little bit too flippant and light for its own good, sometimes a bit frothy because it's a um, it's like tonal whiplash almost, yeah, almost like um, uh, there's a thing about being kinetic, but there's also you can be a little bit too quick mm. and where it just starts to feel like it's skipping and sometimes and yeah tonal whiplash occasionally a heavy moment is done with like completely counted with um not like a fart joke or something but something almost as like goofy oh uh uh oh they're here that kind of um kind of delivery um but yeah we're really straining to come up with criticisms um just to mention the politics there's there's a reason why when i did the plot sum up um i'm used they them pronouns because there's this whole thing running through it um nimona and not menorah nimona um keeps on changing into various animals um depending on what they need to get out of a certain situation but it becomes um relevant because they say well why don't you just stay a girl because and they say it hurts it hurts to stay a girl and i'm not a girl I'm, i'm nimona and so it has very gender-fluid politics. It's the kind of film where I hope people like Graham Linehan and J.K. Rowling are made aware of it and they scream themselves hoarse until four o'clock in the morning while they're having a Twitter wank fest. Um, it, but it's light with it. It doesn't sort of burden its own plot. While not being subtle at all, it is 
kind of brick heavy but i like that sort of thing i like um george romero sort of like um getting out the old soapbox and going wagging his finger at society the, the only thing i would say is if you i mean it's it's quite clear that's his politics i mean even in i don't know if you watched in the closing credits there's a bit where it goes all rainbowy yes yes i did notice and that. stuff so that you know it, it, it's if you want to find it it's there but if you were a five-year-old kid watching it yeah it's you just, could just it's see it's about being who you are, or, or, or being your being, true self yeah exactly yeah. Being, it doesn't have to necessarily be about gender politics but that is heavily in the mix so i just think it's quite nice to tell that story it's yes. an important story to tell um but i i just don't think it's too, I mean, too is, if you really want to look at it as well that, i guess because we're watching it from the point of view of adults, adults yeah so, but um, if you're a kid then it might just be be true to yourself it's it's kind of yeah it's not like too spelling it out and but, uh, similar but with um, well. the uh, knight character played by riz ahmed it very quickly in the narrative um he kisses his boyfriend and it's like okay there, that is. And then mm-hmm. you have RuPaul in the cast. I mean, it, it's it's very much wearing its stuff on the oh, sleeve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's also very light with it. Like I said, um, sometimes a bit too light, but it's never sort of... It's always skipping. It's always um, kind of trundling along. It's very kinetic. Uh, it's very similar, actually. Very recently, the Dungeons & Dragons movie came out, and that made the great decision of not being a serious fantasy movie, Lord mm. of the Rings, and just being as fun and frothy and kind of loose and light as possible. And this does the same thing. It It's never not fun. It's always running along and skipping and, and having a fun moment. Always something around the corner to make you laugh. Yeah, there's some good jokes and things in it. I think, yeah, to go back to your previous point, why you say it's kind of flippant and stuff, what I quite like about that is it, I feel like it normalises these things. I think there's too much stuff out there that maybe is like trying to be like, huh, these issues, really think about yeah. them, really think... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When actually, I feel like this, especially, I mean, more st- with the with the trans stuff, yeah, okay, that is a bit more like, you know... I think my flippancy is more but, referring but, to um, tone, not not politics, but the tone. tone Sometimes okay. the movie, like, a joke is a bit too silly for its own good. Yeah, but um, then it is for kids, but it is kids for movie kids. as well. It's not, well, it's for families. For I families, say. yes. I think there's enough in there for adults and enough in there oh, for absolutely. children. Um, I yeah, no, I wasn't referring from. to the politics being too flippant. Um, just sometimes a joke might not land quite as well as I wanted it to, I guess. So less about the film's undercurrent and more about the surface. Fair enough. There was a few jokes that I really chuckled though. Um, anyway, um, yeah, have you got any, any more to add? Uh, no, it's it's very light. It's uh, I think it's just over an hour and a half. So it's really hour 43, easy. I think, yeah. yeah, so it's a really easy film to watch. And it's it's very kinetic and it's mm. very colourful. So you will it will be a, the breeziest film you've you've ever watched. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I know I I'd I'd go to bat for this film. I would I think it's other than probably Spider-Verse, the second best animated film I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, probably Spider-Verse same is fucking amazing, too. But. but also because I've only seen a few animated films this year. Yeah. <laughs> but I've watched quite a chunk, to be fair. But even if I had, this would be very high. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I think that probably brings us up to an advertisement break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome back. I that, that for a dollar. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, you can't hear him. I buy that for a dollar. No. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out, Rob. We'll start again. Do it over. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Shut it down. Shut, Shut it, it down. down. Anyway, um, our second movie of the week, Callum, is... The Iron Giant. It is The Iron Giant. Um, so, based on a book by... It's not H.G. Wells, is it? It's Ted Hughes. It's Ted Hughes. I thought it was Hughes, and I was like, I'm just like, oh, it's Hughes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah based on a book by Ted Hughes, which I read in primary school, because it goes back a long time that I read that, but I think it's from the, the early, I think it's, is it 1920s, the book, or is it 1800s even? Oh, I think it's the 20s for the book. So we find out. You find out while I, while I summarise okay, yes, the plot. Okay, yes, you do that. Um, so yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, an alien comes crashing down to Earth um, in the middle of the night, and all of its kind of small pieces are scattered around this large area and they slowly pull themselves back together again into this giant metal robot, the Iron Giant. Um, and he is found by a, lo- a young child who befriends the robot. But there is something about the robot he at times when he's scared or worried or stressed seems to turn into some kind of giant cannon and plot in shoes <laughs> it's um we were both wrong it's uh, 1968 really is yeah. that late i thought it was earlier than that because i seem to remember the book this is going back a long time the what well, i hadn't said the, the plot summaries the, the film is set in the very much in the 50s kind of yes. beatnik period and stuff and it's americana where the very book americana. is um it's, it's british countryside it's, it's, it's british countryside and it's I, I feel like it's either late 1800s or like it's, it's it might be very long time I, I, ago. to be honest i haven't pulled up the plot summary so that might say yeah so yeah in my head it was kind of like hg wells timing but evidently i'm wrong um but no it is I used to always read like the book when I was a kid, and yeah, I've always liked this film as well. But yeah, Callum, what did you think? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain group of of probably people our age where this is the key text for animated films, or at least one of them. Um, it balances all of its tones very well. It's, uh, as uh, Johnny said, it's set in 1950s Americana. The opening shot of the film is of Spotnik circling it the is. earth just before um the iron giant comes crashing down so it's 
set in a time of paranoia um one of the more fun characters the villain of the piece actually is this uh, agent agent ted mansley who um comes roaring in and kind of is just as ignorant and frankly stupid as possible as he he's the unlucky agent who's been sent to investigate this bum case of uh, the iron giant but until it they realize it's real but the main meat of the story is between this young boy this very lonely young boy um befriending this iron giant and it manages to kind of mix tones of wonder and you know it's the idea of a young boy in 1950s americana discovering a giant robot it's kind of every young boy's dream he's a nerdy kid he likes watching his horror movies late at night he's got no friends and it's very sweet with it but also very mournful very soulful it never forgets what the story is about um it's about the loss of innocence and about uh the idea of you know what does and doesn't have a soul what creatures constitute as being intelligent and it also create uh contains the coolest character in all of film history the beatnik um voiced by harry connick jr um he is just my favorite. I think one of my favorite characters in all things. But I, I don't good. want. To, I, I don't want to just turn this into into a review about uh, that character. But um, it, it, it it it's humorous. Um, but it has an undercurrent of paranoia, 1950s science fiction, um, you know, uh, Sputnik, um, USSR, space race kind of stuff. It's intelligence. It wears its intelligence on its sleeve, but it's also very sweet. If you're not bawling by the end of the film, you're made of stone. If you're not weeping by the end of the film. But I can't give that away, of course. Even though this is the spoiler part of the show, I'd still like people, if they haven't seen it, to see it. So, Johnny, before I start talking about uh, um, Harry Connick Jr. anymore, um, what did you think? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, yeah, it's a good film. <laughs> no, I really like it. Um, I think something you didn't really say is it is beautiful yes. it's so wonderfully stylized and it fits that period of time so well um brad bird obviously loves that period in time because obviously there's a huge amount of it kind of injected into the incredibles as well which mm -hmm. was his big first pixar hit and obviously did two incredibles films along with ratatouille is his um but yeah he obviously loves that kind of like 50s americana and um, and obviously this is very kind of small town where that's a bit more big and slick and big city. But yeah, it, it, it kind of oozes from everything. All the character design's great. The character design of the Iron Giant's great. Uh, the fact that they got Vin Diesel in just to go, I am Iron Man or whatever he does. Or I'm... I mean, this was 1999 Vin Diesel. I don't think he'd even been in the Fast and Furious at this point. I think that was 2001. Or was, I remember what year Fast and Furious but was. But he, he was not yet Vin Diesel as we know him. He was just a, a man in Hollywood who could growl. <laughs> it was just funny. It's just Vin Diesel though, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's 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 toit, as, it, as the kids say. Like, it, it's, it's I think it's 90 minutes, pretty much bang on. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not a minute wasted. It's, um, it's constructed incredibly well. And as with all Brad Bird films the the kind of relationships and the family dynamics and that kind of thing are incredibly well done uh, obviously as you say the kind of central thing is the relationship between the boy and the 
the the robot but actually there's there's, there's another kind of interesting layer there peppered with your favorite character yes. uh, the beatnik and the mother and, and that how that's all constructed and things as well um and as you say the kind of bumbling characters and the the army and that kind of soviet panic that was in america at the time with all the like mccarthy era-esque things and stuff so it kind of builds on all that on what is essentially an absolutely amazing kids movie that all children is it's up there with the lion king as to me as one of those 90s classics that all kids should see if they haven't seen it then are they even a child are they even a child indeed <laughs> it is it's, it's just so well done i think it was 99 it was released yes I think it was it just 99 snuck in at the end of that period of 2000 of the naughty oh, sorry the 90s that was you know obviously almost peak animation and it was when it felt like the almost like the curtain changing. Obviously, Pixar had risen and, and Disney was really dropping down. And this was kind of like bopped in there. And then obviously he went off to Pixar. And it kind of, you know, it's that one. It's almost one of the last, or possibly even the last great hand drawn American kind of very possibly big budget animated yeah, very movie. Obviously, there's been some great anime and other great hand drawn animation since then. But of those kind of like big from America. Hollywood American, mm-hmm. you know, hundred million dollar budget or whatever it had. Uh, it had quite an interesting story behind it as well. It didn't do amazingly well at the box office. And that was because Warner Brothers went, you've got 18 months and $40 million or whatever the budget was to make this movie. And then Warner Brothers were like, they're not going to be able to do it that quickly off of that budget. So we won't bother to sort out all the toy deals, <laughs> all the things you have to do. We'll do that a bit later on. Keep going, guys. Yeah, we believe in you. You can do it in 18 months. And then all of a sudden, they got a film given to them 18 months, and they were like, fuck, we've got well, to market this now. Well, shit. Um, and because of that, it, yeah, it unfortunately didn't perform massively well at the box office. But, um, yeah, I really, really love it. The screenplay as well, um, as you say, it's, it's tight. Um, but Toit. Toit. Um, the screenplay is very interesting because it it uses callbacks very well. It it's, um, keeps a very good beat on where everyone is, what they're doing. Um, there's there's um, lines uh, that are brought back. Uh, you are who you choose to be, said by one character that's repeated by another character. And there's lots of, um, you know, it, it knows how to pick and choose its moments. I often joke about writers when they write something that's incredibly tight that the toit that they must have in their rooms like these chalkboards and corkboards with bits of red mm. ribbons dotted around with polaroids going well i've got to connect that thing and that thing i'm going to tie that thing up and this is very much i can see brad bird i can see the sweat on his studio floor as he's kind of got all the red ribbons and his wife is sort of going oh, we don't, they don't have any more red ribbons down at the at the shop and get me more red ribbons woman um I, I just love a screenplay that kind of really has good control on where everyone is and how humorous moments can be brought back as a very sad moment or a very adventurous moment. It, it's very intelligent writing. It's very good screenwriting. And Brad Bird, I don't think, gets the credit because animators often don't for that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Almost like Brad Bird has now done some live-action movies and I feel like people didn't almost take him seriously as a director to do live-action movies, but... As much as I love Mission Impossible 4, his live-action movies, and, and I have a massive soft spot for Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland. as well, mm-hmm. his animated movies are so much better. So much better. But people, uh, you know, to us ever thus. Yeah. You know, comedy people, people and anime. animated. don't know animated directors' names very often. Like John Lasseter, mm-hmm. Brad Bird, 
maybe Richard Stanton from that kind of early period of like Pixar and that's yeah. about all that people know it is it's travesty fucking learn more Miyazaki I suppose but anyway yeah. yeah no I really love it me too me too so I think unless you've got any more to say no that, I think that's all she wrote that's that. murder she wrote I think nice and toit ourselves today which always <laughs> happens when we got two films we really like yeah um, so Nimona. Nimona, not Minora. Not Minora. Um, what I did you think? I think an 8 out of 10, probably. Okay. Um, it's very sweet. It's um, very kinetic. It's very colourful. Uh, as you say, the animation is great. Um, it's political without sort of um, kind of being smug about it. Uh, it's intelligent. It's funny. It might be a little bit too frothy for certain moments for my taste, but these are these are nitpicks. These, I, you know, when we struggle to come up with nitpicks, you know that we really like a film. Absolutely, uh, I probably am also going to give it an eight. I was toying between. I've, I've changed three times today <laughs> between a seven and eight and a nine. So I feel like I was closer to a seven and an eight. Yeah, I. So at one point when I was watching it, I was like, I really love this. I felt like this is going to be a nine. And then I do think, I, I don't... The third act is maybe a bit too Marvel action yeah, set piece. that's what probably beam. put me off of it. And then I thought seven, then I kind of thought, when I thought about it, I thought, no, I did really like the characters. I think when, I you, like when you like a film enough, you know, you can forgive yeah. its sins. Yeah, so no, it's, it's definitely worth an eight. It's worth... I, the other thing is, I don't think it felt that cinematic a movie either, for, for as good as the animation was. Um, but no, I, I would say go out and watch it if you haven't seen it. I think it definitely deserves an eight. Um, and yeah, really liked it. And Iron Giant, Callum. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a ten. It's a ten. I've watched it so many times. Um, I don't think I can say anything without repeating myself, really. Uh, but it's, I, I'll try, though. It's, it's beautiful. It's tight. It's tight. Um, it's well written. Um, it, again, it wears its politics on its sleeve in a very intelligent way. It knows how to perfectly mix and match its tones and just to leave the audience weeping who are listening to this podcast. If you're on a bus or a train, you're going to be crying now when I say this word. Superman. I am Superman. He doesn't say it like that, but I think you're mixing up the um, Iron Maiden song. I am <laughs> Iron Man. Of which the effect. book is called. The book is called The Iron Man, which must get a bit confusing because of the Marvel stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to disagree, Callum. Give oh, it really? one out of ten. <gasps> All right, I'm leaving. You can't drive. <laughs> Cut down your pomposity. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, I, and that's in opposite land. I give it also a 10 out of 10. I, I hate to agree with you, but yeah. I can't re I don't really have much to fault it with, really. I like all the characters. It's incredibly well written. It's toit. It's beautifully animated. It is a modern classic. Um, if you haven't seen it, where have you been living for your whole life? Go and watch it now. Lucky it for them, on, it's on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime for free of charge, as long as you pay for Amazon Prime. Um, go watch it now. And Nimona is on Disney Plus. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's on Netflix. Why did I say Disney Plus? I don't know. Obsessed. Uh, obsessed. Obsessed with Disney. Um, but no, 
That is this week's podcast episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on our various socials, which are at Untitled Film Podcast. And we, oh, I think, should we tell them about our super special exciting yeah, let's do next it. week? Um, we have got a very, 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 very special episode of the Untitled Film Podcast. With a very, week. very special guest. With a special guest. Roberto, our um producer, producer editor extraordinaire he will be on the show next week and it's going to be the same day double bill of barbie and oppenheimer barbenheimer barbenheimer day so we're going to go and see that next saturday we're going to come and review it straight after um and i'm not sure if we decided we're going to release it early but anyway it's going to be a big thing it's going to be a big event the biggest most important episode of the untitled film podcast in our 11 month or 10 month or however long it is history i am become death uh, i am become barbie i am become barbie girl in, in a barbie world it's being fantastic it's being plastic. plastic it's fantastic plastic. you can brush my hair <laughs> and anyway uh we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs> bye bye <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.